0: Hello, we
1: love you. Let us ask you your name. Hello, we love you and your tall window frame. Hello, Wait a minute. we love you. Did I'm you just, sorry. Did you just say tall window frame? I did. And you know what? What? I wrote this two seconds before we started. That's all I could. That's fine. That's, that's the only rhyme. With the word
0: name. <laughs> that's the rhyme you came up window with. Window frame. Window yeah. frame. I love your tall window frame. You couldn't say counterclaim, hall of fame, aspartame, perfect game. I like a tall um, window frame, brother. Baptismal name. <laughs> There's so many you could have gone. You grand dame, you. You want to (laughs) take see what I did get there? I did see that. That Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. It's the podcast that is sharing pieces of life-changing advice squeezed into about 20 minutes. Yeah,
1: and you know, uh, we're making a little bit of a format change. I know you just heard 20 versus 30 minutes. That's part of it. It's just in. It is. Brand new. It's a bullet flash. So, based off of some of our analytics... And from what apparently you guys have said, we're going to do a couple things different. One is we're going to give you one awesome thought a week. Yep. Trimming it down, baby. Just a little bit, which means we're not going to have to go as long as 30, 40 minutes, which is kind of where we were trending anyway. We're going to try and cram all that into about 20 minutes. That's right. So, we're looking forward to that, and that'll start our new season in uh, 2020. So, right around the corner. Super
0: excited about that. Yeah, Listen, we are. This podcast helps support Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. So, if you get a second, we would truly appreciate it if you check them out at cannonballkidscancer.org.
1: Yeah, they're amazing. And listen, we know how busy you are, and life is coming at you at about 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and just trying to find a moment to yeah. grab a tiny little morsel mm-hmm. of leadership, just something in your life to amp it up. They're hard to come by. We get that, mm-hmm. which is why it doesn't really matter whether you're, let's say, holding an all day garage sale right now. Hey, two bucks. Or maybe you're slinging mulch, whoosh, or you're cleaning up a crime strength. I'm sorry? I said that stinks. No. <laughs> A crime scene probably does stink. Oh, my hands are bloody. We're, we're about to give you about the 20 minutes that you've been <laughs> looking forward to all week. I like it.
0: Let's get this thing going. Rock and roll. Our guest today comes from the cutthroat world of political marketing. Uh, <laughs> Philip Stutz, the founder and CEO of WinBig Media. Philip, first off, welcome to Thoughts That Rock.
2: Thanks. Honored to be here.
0: Listen, I gotta tell you, man, like your your background here, this the the bio that will the full bio we'll share in the in the show notes but <laughs> crazy good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so two decades of experience working on campaigns with billions of dollars in political ad spend. He's contributed to over twelve hundred election victories. Blows my mind. Including hundreds of US House campaigns, dozens of US Senate campaigns, even three US presidential victories. Uh, the Democrat and me wants to have a chat with you when we're all over. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm good. I'm I'm
2: one of those civil minded uh, political people, except when I'm, I have to go up against a, uh, an opponent. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then they're dead. Me. Uh, <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> he is the best selling author of Fire Them Now, The Seven Lies Digital Marketers Sell. Great uh, title, great just title. fantastic. <laughs> Interesting enough... Um, in 2012, he was diagnosed with uh, the esophageal disease achalasia, which is a rare incurable disease. Um, we're going to talk about sort of his mission a little bit today of finding a cure and and coping with that on a regular basis uh, as part of his thought today. Uh, he's one of our fellow Kepler speakers, yeah. works, of course, with Gary Vee's Vayner speakers as well. The guy's a marketing genius, a political genius, which... Don't often go together in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. So we are—we couldn't be happier to have you as a guest on Thoughts That Rock, Philip. Thanks, man. Let's roll. We do things a little different here, you know. We don't like to go too deep into uh, bios and that sort of thing. We like to jump right to your juicy piece of advice. So the floor is yours. What is your thought that rocks?
1: Thoughts that rock number one.
2: Yes, yeah, the best piece of advice i've ever received and it's the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably tolerate
0: Mm. Mm. so so first of all where did that come from
1: tony
2: robbins
0: Uh ah nice never heard of him (laughs) oh okay well
2: yeah he's new to the scene uh
0: I love it. If Um, he's listening,
2: uh, good luck, Tony. I I, I spent a year doing all his programs, sometimes multiple times. Um, At some points in in the middle of those programs, I found myself in the corner of the, uh, of the hall, sucking my thumb in the fetal position. (laughs) Um, At other times I found myself on my chair screaming, um, you know, uh, up and down. And, uh, but ultimately the, I was in such a horrible psychological space. And before I, um, sort of de- committed myself to what Tony, the Tony programs, this is uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, that one stuck out to me because what I've learned more than anything else is that, uh, the human, human nature just wants to be comfortable and and wants their certainty. And I'm no different than anybody else. I want, Everything to go exactly the way I want it to go. I don't like there to be any disruptions. I don't want to have to think about things. I just want things to go right all the time. And people will defer back to that certainty in their life on everything, and and it got me in a lot of trouble. Um, and I don't, I don't mean like. Uh, I went to jail, but it, it got me into a lot of relationship trouble. It it spiraled my life in a, in a bad way, both on the health that you mentioned in the intro, mm. um, but it also just in the relationships. I was, uh, I mean, to be frank, um, I was a terrible leader in my business. Mm. People did not like to work for me. I, I always say was the worst type of narcissist. All right. Mm-hmm. I was the narcissist that blamed all the problems on everybody. Mm-hmm. That's the you know, the worst, like everything, something went wrong, right. it was never my fault. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm you like, tell that. me Jones, the worst, <laughs> the I? worst. So um, and then, uh, you know, I uh, was not probably a very uh, uh, selfless husband. And um, the first year that my daughter was was alive, I was not a very good dad. Mm. Um, and uh, the disease was a wake-up call this quote is something that floats in my head on a daily basis this thought and uh, um and and it it drives everything i do i mean and, and also the disease gives me a finite it is proven that uh, there's a fin- finite time in this life yeah and you can either be make the best of it and put yourself in uncomfortable positions uh, and go for things or you can sit in your certainty and die and, yeah. and I know that's extreme, but that really is how it is. And um, look, I didn't make a change until the pain was too big. And I think what I like to commit myself to is helping other people um, to not let that pain get too big. It, 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 sorry, I'm now I'm, I feel like I'm uh, filibustering, sorry. No. And, and I, but I, I, I would also say the difference is, you know, it's the aspirin or the vitamin.
0: Uh, unfortunately,
2: yeah. I had to take the aspirin wait. about five years ago yeah. because the pain was too great. I, today, I take vitamins uh, in every part of my life, and it doesn't mean I have solved anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. I
2: am not. I I screw up really all the time. But I'm committed to taking that vitamin every day, taking myself out of uh, certainty, um, to, You know, innovating, um, trying to push the envelope, and, and you know, that's what I've found gives me purpose, excitement, and ultimately will cure my
1: disease as well. Mm. Well, first off, I think you're definitely speaking our language. I mean, we live in the world, you know, in what we do, and our backgrounds have been just ripe with unpredictability and a little bit of irreverence and, and sometimes uncertainty. Maybe we've, you know, we've been okay with accepting it. And it's funny when you first through the quote to us, I was thinking in my head that it it felt like it was more of a business approach. And it's funny that almost all the examples that you use were in your personal life. And you've, I'm sure you've probably given a ton of advice to different political candidates, but you know, here's the one that stuck out to you from somebody else that was in in the self-development world, the one that resonated with you. And I'm sure people say all the time that they don't like uncertainty, but I think when I look at the quote, that you gave here from Tony Robbins, you know, if you are more willing, I think, to accept it, accept the uncertainty, it sort of frees you up, right? That, that if you allow things to happen, you're not going to get freaked out. And it sounds like from your, your personal life, you know, being a husband, being a father, dealing with the disease, you know, this probably would have helped you out if you had that a little bit earlier in life, right? Sure.
2: But you know, I always, you know, I, I get this question because I've done a lot of uh, interviews at this point. Like, uh, you know, if, what would you go back and tell your 25 year old self? Mm-hmm. And I'm 45 now. And the, the answer is, I wouldn't tell him anything. My path is my path. Yeah, I feel incredibly blessed that at the, the ripe uh, young age of 40, I was able to rewire my entire brain. Uh, which was the suckiest two years of my life. Hmm. But I came out the other side. And there's this exponential opportunity, growth, everything in in, in my relationships, in my work, in my health. Everything came out better as long as I was willing to make the change and be be uncertain with it. Like what was going to happen? I didn't know. Um, And, you know, there are a lot of people I know that are in their sixties and seventies and eighties who never get the chance to even understand who they really are. Yeah. Where, where their subconscious is, what, what decisions they made in life and how they, what model behavior they took and then projected onto other people. I, I got the chance to change. It may be halfway through, but my God, that's great. And my legacy is to make sure my daughter never, ever has to wait till forty you know that she yeah. has the opportunity to be her authentic self um, that there are no masks and there's no you know obviously I'm not going to be perfect in this but yeah. uh, that, that she models uh, the behaviors of her parents who give her and then she has the ability to go make an incredible life and that really is how I look at it
0: yeah I love it you know I think it's interesting you said sort of it took sort of this monumental moment in your life uh, for you to make this change. And, you know, one of the things that, um, that, I, that I, t- I spoke about even in my, uh, in my first book uh, with uh, a buddy of mine, Jim Trick, who's a, a life coach up in Marblehead, Massachusetts, one of the things we talked about and especially what he would see with his clients is they're sort of waiting to hit rock bottom before they make the change and one of the things he would always say is if you're waiting to hit rock bottom raise the floor Mm -hmm. um and and the other day we had we were interviewing a friend of ours uh, on a future episode here alan stein uh, jr and he talked about sort of a prescription for success and and he relates it to the way that we take medicine he said there's two types of people right there are people who can take that horse pill and swallow it dry. And then there are people who need to crush it up in applesauce and hide it and, and and take it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, it's sort of, I would imagine you sort of had to face that same sort of a decision, right? When you have to make these changes, you can either try to take that pill as it is and, and do it that way, or you can break it down into bite-sized pieces and, and approach it in that fashion. Which one worked for you?
2: well i'd rather have crushed it into the applesauce and taken it um but i i was you know facing um uh, so on the i was facing a lot of uh, uh consequences in my life on a lot of different fronts um five years ago at this moment um my my marriage was okay but it definitely was not going in the right direction. I definitely had skipped out on the first year of my daughter's life traveling for work. What I thought was things that I thought were important that weren't. Um, the The disease was uh, the the diagnosis on the disease is that I'm facing. A, 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 I have an esophageal disease called achalasia, mm-hmm. and it um, uh, my muscles and my nerves and my stomach don't. I mean, my esophagus don't work, and so I can't eat without. Swallowing a ton of water and everything I do, and it's a it's a autoimmune disease, and the doctors say they will remove my esophagus in the next five years if there's not a cure, and there is no cure, and it's a rare disease. People don't put money in rare diseases. Okay, all that stuff, and then you know, so you could see like I I, there was this crazy disruption coming with me and everything. I mean, (laughs) so I sort of I had to uh, and and. You know, at these Tony Robbins events, I was forced to peel the the layers of the onion in my in my psychology to understand where my behaviors came from, and then start to rebuild that. and And it smacked me in the face all at once. So, I uh, you know, look, I'm taking. Uh, I'm having to work on this every day and I will work on it every day for the rest of my life. And I'm not where I need to be, but I'm working towards it uh, towards getting, you know, finding progress uh, and purpose every day. Uh, But I, I, that was a, it was the big pill I had to take. Oh my God, it's everything. It's Mm -hmm. me. You know, this guy, this is something I hadn't thought about or talked about, but for, I blamed everybody for everything. And then it's that the moment was knowing that it wasn't everybody, including my wife, Mm. that it was me. Yeah, I was the problem. It wasn't all of these people, I was the problem. And I could either change or things were gonna go into a bad place. And so that's uh, a man yeah sorry i got deep yeah, here but no yeah, hey that was, perfect. Uh, that's that's sort of where uh where it was so i guess it was i took i had to take the big horse pill and realize dry yeah painfully dry yeah. uh in order to come out the other side it's a beautiful place i will tell you this i could do no more work on myself and i've got a great life ahead of me but i'm i know there's there i can do even better and, and we can talk about what I'm, I'm, so I'm about to go through another transformation, but it's proactive. It's the vitamin. Yeah. It's not the aspirin.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, so interesting enough, uh, sort of on that subject, I, I always find it interesting. Um, you know, I think Tony Robbins is someone who is uh, often misunderstood. Um, I, I had this sort of image in my head of who he was and what he stands for. And then I watched the documentary and, mm-hmm. um, uh, that he put out and yep. it, it changed a lot of my opinion, uh, in a good way. Um, and, and also some of the dangers of the, the business that he's in in personal growth and the, the, the boundaries and the steps and the, and what's at, what's at stake and what's, what's the risk on the part of the people who come. Um, and it's, I think it's always interesting. So in my head, uh, over the course of the last 20 years, I would say that the people that I would imagine going to a Tony Robbins type of event were really struggling in their life in some way, shape or form, or weren't weren't successful in the ways that they chose to be successful, or they were longing to be successful. But when I see someone like you who's had enormous success in a field that is mm-hmm. not known for enormous success, <laughs> um, I'm dying to know what is it about someone like tony robbins that attracts you to want to be involved because i would think someone like you's got it all figured out and so it, it, it's just it, it blows my mind that um is in spite of the success you've had you're still longing for more can you can you tell us a little bit about how that came about or what drew you to that
2: i listened to a podcast um <laughs> with tim Ferriss and tony robbins it was uh in like 2014 and i i didn't know anything really about the guy and i just pulled i was driving from uh, new orleans to birmingham alabama to see a client and i just pulled over on the side of the road and started taking notes and i was like i whatever he's selling i'm buying because he is hitting <laughs> everything that i'm struggling with right mm. now and obviously he he's good at what he does but uh i literally got to my hotel and googled Tony Robbins mm-hmm. and saw that there was a program called Business Mastery. Like I wasn't ready to look at inside myself at that moment, and so I, I just said, "All right, how much is it?" And it was like you know ten thousand dollars to go or something, and yeah. and I literally about threw up in my mouth because <laughs> uh, I, I would I'd never spend any money on myself like that that would be a waste of money, right? Yeah. That, not realizing, and you guys so understand this, right? the best stock in my portfolio is me mm-hmm. so why in the world would i not invest a ton of money in myself to get better because i'm the best roi in in my life yeah like there's no stock that's been better than than what i've what i believe i can do yeah and so writing that check i basically said well i can't fail now i've written this massive mm-hmm. check <laughs> and i went to the program it comp- uh, I'm, i'll never forget i called my wife that first night and said my whole life I've been looking at a hieroglyphic map and not knowing where to go and one day with that dude and I literally said I can see where the treasure is and it didn't mean I got to the treasure I could just see how to get there Um, um, and then I was willing to kind of look inside my personal life and and go through that so I did all these programs that year Um, since that point I've probably invested close to four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars
0: 500000
2: in myself, in mentoring programs, in high-level masterminds, in these things. Um, and it's one of the reasons why in five years I created an ad agency right after this first program with Robbins, and we've grown at 30,000% in less than five years. Wow. Um, and, and we've started four companies since then. They're all debt free i'm sole owner and there's no outside investment and we we're all cat i mean we're all growing every one of them and so uh, the reason it's not that i've done anything great i just invested in the stock that i know works and i always ask people that that i work with like what's your most important stock in your portfolio and they all say oh you know i got microsoft (laughs) got apple and i go really oh that's interesting you know like uh well you know i got a couple houses yeah (laughs) and i'm like yeah but if you invested (laughs) all that money into you what what could what could be what could come out of that what and 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 so i that's just it like and if you don't feel like you can do that then that should tell you you got lot of work to do right yeah Yeah. mine's not confidence it's purpose man like i invest in this because man does that first of all you go right a uh, $50,000 check to spend five hours with a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah. right. And then see how much uncertainty you got going into that meeting.
0: <laughs> how many pairs of pants do I have to bring? Because I would soil yeah. most of them after writing that sort of check. Right. But you're, it's right, though. Um, you, you sort of got it on the line. I think that's the it – re- it really leads us into into this second thought, which is which is really, I think, the next – Step the next chapter of of what you're talking about, and you know our thought that rocks this week is this. It it comes from Martin Luther King Jr.
1: Thoughts that rock number two,
0: and it's you don't have to see the whole staircase; just take the first step, and that to me um, speaks so profoundly to your idea of uncertainty. Um, where most people, unless they can see the whole staircase, they're not gonna—they're not gonna move. Um, they're too nervous about what's what's up there. Um, if they can't see a clear path, that they just freeze. And and what is evident to me is that. That, that might have been where you were at one point, but you decided at some point to say, I don't need to see the whole staircase, I just need to see the next step. Mm-hmm. And, and you took it, and because you took it, it started to reveal a future for you that became clearer and clearer and clearer with every step that you took. And you found the courage, and you know we talked about uncertainty, and and to me, uncertainty and, and vulnerability are bedfellows, but neither have to have a stranglehold on your ability to make positive change in your life. And and it seems to me that that is the approach that you've taken is let's not worry what's at the top of the staircase. Let's worry what's at that next step. Is that something you'd agree to?
2: So this is really weird. I was in a staff meeting this morning and I gave uh, almost this exact quote. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meeting. And it's actually a little bit different. Uh, One of those great mentors that I worked with is a guy named Keith Cunningham. Um, One of the why this guy is so smart and so brilliant is uh, he's out of Austin, Texas. He's about 70 years old Is he he made 100 million dollars, lost everything, uh, lost his family, lost literally everything um, and built it all back up. And he teaches business owners, not to ten x everything they do mm. but how not to lose it. Mm. And I just think that's brilliant because nobody is in that space right now. Right. right. And what key Keith, Keith's man, mantras constantly reinforcing when you when we meet when I meet with him is um if you need to go 200 down, miles down the road, you need to kick a can 200 miles down the road to hit your goal. You don't kick it in one kick. Yeah. It's impossible to kick it 200 miles. You kick it 10 feet. Yeah, and then you walk up and you kick it 10 feet, and you just keep moving forward. And and look, this kind of goes back to what I really one of the core beliefs that I finally understood, and it's taken a long time. I am never going to reach the mountaintop. Yeah, I'm never going to. Mm-hmm. I'm never. I want to repeat this. I am never going to reach the mountaintop. I have to enjoy the walk up the mountain, the journey. And that is once I realized this and it really meant something to me, that's when things really started to change and transform. And that goes to the quote in and of itself, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think most people probably go through this when they're, let's say going into higher education, you go to college and even if they had a focused degree and a lot of people are still just going on general studies, they still don't know what happens with them. And You know, all of us sitting around the table have had this before. The long and winding road is a little bit blurry, you know, and I could use myself. I mean, I have a music degree. I was a substitute middle school teacher for six years, but then I was 30 years in hospitality, 21 of those with hard rock. And what I'm doing right now, I wouldn't be doing if I didn't have all three of those levers. So I needed the music. I needed the education. I needed the hospitality to be able to push the right buttons You know, little did I know that this would be the future, and I think a lot of people go through that. They've got this little element of uncertainty, but Brant, to the to the quote that you pulled is, uh, you know, you got to take the first step and just crush that, excel at that, commit to that, and eventually that will lead to something great.
0: Not sure what it is, but it'll Mm. there'll be a window or a door that opens, right? Yeah, I think yeah, and and I think it's even sort of Philip to your thought of coming to the realization that you're not going to reach the top of the mountain um, I think is, it has profound implications, not just for you, but for your legacy Mm -hmm. and, and understand that who are you training up to continue the walk? Who's, who's walking by, who's walking beside you that when your walk is over, they can, they can start from where you finished. And I think that that's part of what it seems to me anyways, in, in knowing what I do about you and, and reading what I've read, um, you know, part of this uh, idea of finding a cure and pursuing a life uh, of constant growth and giving back—it's uh, it, got to weigh heavy on you. That that now that you know that you're not going to reach the peak, who are you? Is it is it your children? Is it your mentees? Is it who who are the people? that you're investing in to continue the walk up the mountain, because it's not going to happen in your lifetime. And I think that there are far too few of us that are thinking in that, uh, with that perspective and, and the importance of passing along the journey and the, the, the passion for the walk, uh, that has to be there because it might take several lifetimes to reach that pinnacle.
2: Yeah. And it's the same thing I tell business owners. I mean, like, uh, the, 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 my story is really a metaphor for where the um, where the world is going in business. I mean, we are, you know, look, I don't care if you hate him or you love him. Donald Trump's the most disruptive force that has ever entered into politics. And yeah. it was, uh, you know, basically it was about a 18-year... T- uh you know, period where it led to that, right? right. Yeah. And um I try to tell people all the time, this is where we are in the economy right now. We're we're at the beginning stages of the ex- I've seen this. I I now I know how to look at models yeah. or look at trends. Uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we just were ahead of the trend on the political side. But these are what business owners are going through right now. And they're like uh things are going well the economy is going good i'm going to stick my head in the sand i'm not going to innovate i'm not going to take my uh i'm not going to reinvest i'm not going to try to figure out how to innovate in a time when i've got the money to do it and put my position myself to be successful down the road and it's people are putting their head in the sand they know this whole digital revolution has come yeah um and they're they're playing a tactical game um, and they're really frustrated by it and then they shut down. And I mean, I get it. I totally understand how that feels. Um, I did it and not only my business, in my personal life and in my health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the question is what do you need to do? Let's go back to thought two, right? Right. What what do you need to do to take one step at a time, to do things the right way, to innovate and put yourself in a position to Yeah, it could be grow yourself, but it could also be about your business Um, or it could be about your health. Yeah. And I think what, you know, look, I always let me give you one example. Um, And I talk about this in my book, but um, the disruptions that are coming in the economy are not what you see. It's what you don't see. The the one example I give is the uh, autonomous cars. Like they're coming, right? Yep. We know in like yep. five years they're going to be here. Yep. My my seven year old daughter will never drive a car. Right. Um, great. That's the one we see. We know it's coming. It's the second and third order consequences of that. I mean, what happens to let's say city and state governments when you can no longer write speeding tickets or parking tickets because self driving cars are going to go the same yeah you know, the That's right a great speed. Point. And and they're going to park themselves in legal spots. And there's no more revenue. No revenue coming it's in. <laughs> no revenue coming in. What what happens there? What happens to uh, emergency care nursing nurses when there are 250 to 500 thousand less auto accidents a year, and they're not going into hospitals? Do they those people get laid? You know, does a, a large proportion of those people get laid off? Yeah. Um, what happens to insurance car insurance companies? Yeah, when you don't, ninety nine percent less traffic accidents are occurring, um, and the crazy, uh, the fun one is what happens to ambulance chasing lawyers. Well, right. they'll go away. <laughs> but the, um, but the other one is uh, uh, what happens to people on organ donor lists. The thirty five thousand deaths per year by automobile in the U.S. alone. So if you're on an organ donor list waiting for an organ, most likely from someone that will die in a car accident, what happens when there are you know, 300 deaths a year by car after autonomous cars come in place. Yeah. And no one is thinking through these things right now. No business owner is really thinking through these, these second and third order consequences. I know
1: I'm not. You just right. blew my Let mind. Me tell you, right.
2: there, there are 10,000 of these. I'll tell you one that, that is in my world, the marketing world. There are startup companies out there that are going to the Fortune 200 companies, the Home Depots or whatever. And they're saying instead of spending $200 million a year on advertising and marketing, why don't you uh, give – if someone you know, uses our app, they get 5% of anything they buy in your store back in cash. So you're taking half of your marketing or ad budget, and you're just giving it to the customer directly. Hmm, hmm. You don't think that's going to be a massive disruption in my
0: market? Yeah, of course right. it is. Right.
2: Um, you know, I, the construction industry, there are 3D printing houses now yeah. uh, that can withstand 8.0 earthquakes or, or Category 5 hurricanes. Well, what happens to the insurance companies in you know where you guys live and where i live in yep. florida yep. like the those people that charge us so much dang money to an in insurance because of the hurricanes what happens to workers when you've got robots that can put up drywall by the way that's happening right now yeah. in japan robots <laughs> are is. putting drywall up in houses The housing industry is going to be completely disrupted. By the way, I just gave you three. There are (laughs) 10,000 of these that are occurring in the next 10 years. You don't think that's uncertain? So you've got (laughs) to embrace this uncertainty. And you have to kick the can or walk one step at a time and figure it out and adjust what you do in your life, your health, and your business.
0: Man. Well, listen. Listen. First of all, you just blew our minds. Yeah. Jim and I are staring at each other with drool coming down. Just like what just happened, I think we'd be we'd be remiss if we didn't ask in the in the spirit of the second question, uh, the second thought. You don't have to see the whole staircase; just take the first step. With regards to the current political landscape uh, in the U.S. here and what the Dems are facing, what do you think that that first step should be? Uh, that they should be looking at, because I feel like everyone is looking up the staircase and and no one is, uh, no one's focused on just simply what the next step is. Here we go. Here we go. We we got a political guru on the show. <laughs> yes. We need answers. So you're asking,
2: what do the Dems need to do to make progress to, do, to beat Trump in 2020?
0: Correct. What's the first? What's the step We know that the the top of the well, staircase they up for them. The first step. Oh they, yeah, they completely they did.
2: screwed it up. Here here's why. The last thing you need to have is a, a septuagenarian that's white as your candidate. Yeah. And now you've got, uh, Bloomberg, you've got Warren, you got Biden and you got Bernie mm-hmm. and all of them are all white people. Yeah. And so for me, I like there are, doesn't mean they can't, one of them can't win and beat Trump. I'm not saying that, yeah. but you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage when, Uh, You know, one of the reasons why Obama won was, my God, this is what our country is all about. Even if you didn't like him, a lot of people felt like this embraces the core values of our country, that that we are a society of people that can take uh, people of different ethnicities, uh, of different colors, of different, you know, whatever, of gender or whatever. Like these things are what make us great. Yeah. And the first problem they have is they got the fourth leaders and the fifth is Buttigieg and he's white and young. And so, but he, at least, I I know this, like I, 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 I'm, I've spent time with Pete Buttigieg. I actually kind of like him personally. Um, but my, uh, but again, um, they, they have a problem right now, right out the gate. Now, can it be solved? Of course it can. Uh, they may not have to do anything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, still right. yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe they will too. So I just don't know right now. I think they've started, um, there. Listen, if I'm to look at the internal polling right now in mm-hmm. this race, mm-hmm. uh, the, the do you know what the number one motivating what Democrats want more than anything right now? The issue that is driving them more than anything,
1: climate that, change.
2: Do you think it's climate change? Do you think it's health care? Yeah,
1: you, one of the what, two. What do you Cli- think? I think climate, probably number one. I hear that more than anything I else. think, think health care. Uh, I would, I would yeah. think health care.
2: Sure. You're both wrong. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's beat the hell out of Donald Trump. Uh,
1: that's uh, true. Yeah. I'm not a political. Too, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so my point is, though, that's a that's a very strong motivation motivating factor. Yeah, the Republicans are like, man, we're fat and happy right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is what happens in our business. Think about, and I'll give you. So, can I give you a sure very very fast history example? Of yeah, yeah. So, in two thousand four, I ran the Get Out the Vote marketing program for George W. Bush's reelect. It was the most innovative race in the history of political races ever. Because for the first time ever, we used consumer data, over overlaid it with what's called voter data, which voter data is basically every state collects data on you as a voter and gives it to us as the marketer, and then we market to you. But we were able to combine like consumer data, like what you <clears> – <throat> your subscriptions, your purchases, all that stuff, building out profiles at each voter so that we could target them with messages on the things they cared about rather than just the politician going out a minority and report. What they wanted to talk about. So that had never happened before in the history of American politics, and it happened in that race for the first time ever. And after that race, what did we do as the, as the Republican Party? Man, we sat back and said, woo, we did great here. This is great. And the Democrats got pissed, and they innovated yeah, because they just got disrupted. Yep. And then all of a sudden Obama came in and took and modeled all the stuff we did on data and married it with social media. Yeah. And then they had eight years, and they sat back and they said, woo, we're fat and happy. We're going to win forever. And then Trump came in, and Trump took the data, the social media, and the branding, the three components now. Branding is the third one. And he took it, and he, he ran the most innovative race in the history of American politics. And the reason I tell you that is because we have election day. And election day says you either win or you lose. Yep. There isn't a, what is the quarterly report? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. What yeah. is our brand management? It's not none of that. None of that. So <clears throat> my point is that you've got to constantly innovate that these disruptions that I'm talking about right now, they're everywhere. Yeah. And I've seen them. And you've got to take one step at a time and out-innovate everybody at all times, whether it be, again, your health, your life, uh, or your business. And this is what I'm sort of committed to and how I look at marketing uh, companies and candidates is like, Uh, how do we get an advantage by doing things that no one else is doing?
1: Does it make you feel any better, Brandt?
0: uh it makes Say it me, again it, it, he asked me if it made me feel oh, no, any better right. and uh, and uh my answer is i need philip to help me run my next book launch is what i need yes <laughs> because the cutthroat world of publishing is probably yeah. like that
1: too actually i have a question for you philip you had mentioned before as we sort of come to the uh the end of the show here you had mentioned that you're about to go through another transition you know what's that that yeah. inflection point that's about to happen in your world
2: uh, I'm, I'm going to do psychedelics for therapy.
1: Nice. Wow. Is that for real? I've already,
2: I've already started. Um, I'm going to go do it again soon. Uh, so but what does that mean? Uh, there are, uh, are you familiar with, uh, psychedelic therapies? No, I'm
0: I, not. I am a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: So yeah. I, uh, I did, um, an MDMA, which is ecstasy with yeah. a
0: therapist, yeah. uh,
2: in a, and a blindfold. Yeah. And. Um, I can tell you that I identified in that session uh, a dark cloud that had hovered over my life for 35 years, wow. evaporated in five hours. Wow. And and then I was able to go work on it for eight months. And so I'm going to do it again. I'll probably do psilocybin this time, which is mushrooms. Uh, this is not at a party.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: yeah, this is in a very controlled environment with a blindfold on. It is not legal. Um, but it will be, it is literally in the late stages of clinical trials being run by Johns Hopkins right now. Um, uh, but what it does is it helps, like, there are certain things that I, as hard as my willpower is, I cannot, uh, willpower and, 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 and break through, uh, those walls that I need to, and I identify what those problems are, uh, the way I need to improve how I need to. Be, live more authentically or, mm-hmm. or be more present, uh, all of these things. And, um, and so, um, I'm giving this a shot and the, the first session I did was remarkable change, literally changed my life.
1: Well, you just uh, gave forever. everybody on our show a reason to jump into the show notes. Yeah. Anyone's going to be looking for psychedelic <laughs> therapy brands. Yeah, I, mean, I'm I sure tell
2: you, uh, just Google. The great great article is uh, one of my real good buddies, is a guy named Tucker Max, who's a best-selling author and entrepreneur. And just Google Tucker Max in DNA, and you can read about it. And there's another book uh, called – if you really are interested in this, the the book is called Trust surrender receive uh, by an other other uh and it's a bunch of case studies um on it and and they're using this in clinical trials right now to help people with PTSD from war yeah. and things like that and having insane results like yeah insane but here's the thing we all have PTSD in our lives yep. i don't care if you grew up with a great set of parents or a horrible set of parents there is PTSD and things that we did and decisions we made. And so the question is, what are you going to do about it? And so this is the, the path that I'm kind of going down. It's right
0: amazing. Now. That's honestly, Jim, you don't even know it, but we have a mutual friend, uh, in, in the hard rock world that has done this, um, actually took a journey, it, it put him in the middle of like the Amazonian jungle to really? be, to be administered with, uh, a shaman who did, uh, it's some sort of, is MDMA, yeah. which, which one's the frog poison?
2: Uh, I,
0: I, I made, there is, there is one, yeah, yeah, it I, is, I, I, there are a lot there's a name ways. for it. There's a, it's a real yeah. deal. And mm. like, you have to, you have to be with people who know what they're doing. Cause it's not, it's, you know, it's not, this isn't recreational. This yeah. is, this is purpose behind what they're doing. It's amazing. It's, it's enlightenment of some kind is what people are searching for. And so, um, he's had uh, honestly amazing life-changing results from an and, and I think for him that next, maybe MDMA was the next thing he was going to be going to try because he had such an amazing experience the first time. But listen, Philip, you've been, honestly, I wish we could do a a mini series with you. I mean, he's coming back. Uh, Sorry uh, if uh, I was uh, rambling. Oh gosh, are you kidding me? I get get going. We, uh, we want to just make sure that people can stay in touch. I know you, you have a, um,
2: a free, free service, yeah. That a we free like.
0: marketing audit that you offer, and I know you want to offer the same to our audience. Could you tell us a little bit about what that's in, what's involved with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, part of what I'm my mission now is is real simple. This is the company mission and values. This is how I live my life, and I the the reason I set this up was because I wasn't this, and I'm, I'm striving to be it every day. And it is simple as this: give and grow. Give more than you take and always be growing. And I think yeah. if I can just live by those two things,
1: I'm going to have an extraordinary life. Right? Philip, you already gave and, us a great thought. You don't yeah, have to give us two, yeah, that's, okay? That's to that's be a different second. Episode. Give and grow? <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing. Um, Let's just start there.
2: <laughs> yeah, my bad. Uh, no. Anyway, and so um, we created, you know, I kept running into business owners. I interviewed 100 business owners for my book, and they all came back with the same thing. They were sort of frustrated with The marketing world they couldn't figure it out they were told to go run a bunch of ads with no real reason behind them and then they lose all this money and the marketing firm makes a bunch of money and all this stuff and so we just said well let's help them even if they don't work with us and so we created a free five-minute marketing audit you can go to philipstutz.com backslash audit it takes five minutes it's your basically you input your digitally available public footprint my team reviews everything about your company that's available online um, over a two to three business days, we put together a 25-point checklist, a seven-page report on what you're doing right and what you can improve, and then we'll do a free 30-minute consultation to go over it with you wow. and uh, and answer any questions. And you, if at that point you go, "Man, can we work with you?" Well, yeah, we can have that conversation. But if you don't, just take it and do whatever you want with it. Um, I'd rather you know we've done over 500 at this point. Um, and, uh, it's been, it's been extraordinary to learn about business owners and people. It's a gr- been a great psychological study for me because I learned so much about, uh, where people are in their, in their business life cycle and how, how they need to improve. So
0: it's great. What, what's the best way for people to do that? Should they go to the website? Is there, what's your social media? How, how, how is that going to happen?
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, you can find everything about me at philipstuts.com and the audit is there too. And there's a tab for it and just click
0: right on it. Fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Philip, listen, man, you have been a complete rock star today. We can't thank you enough. We look forward to doing this again, uh, hopefully sooner than later. Thank you so much for being a guest on Thoughts That Rock. Uh,
2: Honestly, it's my honor. And and I I just love the purpose that you guys put out in the world. And um, this is the kind of um, uh, podcast that... If more people had, uh, we'd be a, a better society. So I'm I'm honored, too. So thank you.
1: Oh, man, we love, love hearing, hearing that. that well, it's
0: guests like you, man, you're awesome. Thanks, brother. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an
1: episode. And if you're interested in having Brandt or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to
0: keplerspeakers.com. Until next time, rock Rock on.
1: Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure.